Friday, Friday, got a G on my day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it's Friday. The weekend's here and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax, hallelujah, hallelujah, and take off our slags. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and sit around the house in our rotten underwear. Hallelujah. Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha. Delta, yeah. Dukes. Dig it. There, but for the grace of God, do with me. there, boy. It's your pal, Jimmy J, back with you again for another free Friday Chad Duke show. It's official. So excited. Uh, I got a lot of run on social media. I have a date. A date. The bathroom remodel will begin Tuesday, October 25th. My God, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. Thank you guys again. I'm sorry if I say thank you too much. Thank you. It was a really cool week of shows. Even Dukes was happy with this week's of shows. So when he's happy, trust me, I'm happy. Monday, Dukes and Tour, they got together and uh, they aired a promo that was cut on a show member. Turns out both Dukes and Tor took a trip down to North Carolina. They recap the Eric Rowan appearance at Commonwealth Dry Goods. And, of course, they break down week five of the NFL. Week five. We're already approaching week six. Holy shit. Tuesday was a special show. Dukes has a favorite wrestler. I'm ashamed to say he asked me who his favorite wrestler was, and I couldn't answer the question. It was very upsetting to me. Luigi Primo joined the show, the greatest wrestler, the greatest pizza maker, all in one man. I got that for you later, though. Don't worry. The boys debuted a brand new segment on the show that's sweeping the nation. There's an annoying AT&T commercial out there. Bray Wyatt returned to the WWE, and there's a big announcement about our next live event. We had a packed house in here for Wednesday's episode. We had Dukes, myself, Ant-Man, Money Monk, and Smoky Mountain Joe. A little more info given out about our live event coming in November. Dukes is possibly trying to open up a new franchise, our weekly installment of the BMI, and there is a story about Ant-Man taking Viagra. Good God, man. Thursday, Big Shooter himself came in here all by his onesie and brought us Shoot Solo 5. He gave his thoughts on the Devontae Adams incident, kind of compared it to a recent incident he had at a grocery store, which just made a lot of sense. Uh, joined by a very old friend that I'm a big fan of. He gives his thoughts and hopes for a new John Carpenter movie venture and has a theory on why Commanders fans are still mad at him. Now, it's already been enough of me. I apologize. I have a whole lot of content for you. That old friend I just mentioned. Those of you that listen to Dukes on the radio, 106.7 The Fan, will remember a name, Brett Oliverio. 
Some old school listeners might even remember the name Brett Michaels. Same person, executive producer of the Junkies. Terrible incident that happened in his family. Left the radio station, went down to run his brother's restaurant, and he's just been super successful with that. So we got his sit down with Dukes, the brand new segment that's sweeping the nation. And let me make sure I say this correctly. The Soup Scoop with Joe Soup. It's going to challenge the BMI, I tell you. Poor Ant-Man. But what I'm going to start you off with, Dukes' favorite wrestler. And this guy doesn't break kayfabe, which is just highly entertaining. The greatest wrestler in the world. The best pizza maker in the world. Luigi Primo. Enjoy. On November 12th at Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, Virginia, the Chad Duke Show will be hosting the Son of a Santa Double Oaked Bourbon Release Party, including a Thanksgiving dinner buffet, a live podcast, prizes, special guests, and much more. Save the date, everyone. November 12th at Flying Ace Farm. Joining us on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline, I have a feeling these... This gentleman might have some heat with Monk, as I saw on Cameo recently. Uh, you can find him on Cameo, cameo.com slash Luigi Primo, and of course on social media, Twitter, at Best Pizza Chef, because not only is he the best pizza chef, but he's the best wrestler in the world as well. Mr. Luigi Primo joins us on the Chad Duke Show. Luigi, it is an honor, my friend. How are you? I'm a Luigi Primo, and I make a best of pizza. Thank you for having me on your show, Mr. Chattanooks. It is my pleasure, sir. Uh, I got to say, if anybody needs a cameo, this is the man to do it. You cut such a wicked promo on our pro- – that is our presenting sponsor, Monk, from Monk's Barbecue, and you put him in his place and let him know who makes the best pizza and who is the best wrestler. That's right, which which is me. I mean, I know he goes out – I know he solves the mysteries and he keeps his house of various bottles and he's a Tony Shalhoub and he's a barbecue a pit master, but I'm a Luigi Primo and I make the best treats. You certainly do. Um, what a what a whirlwind, my friend, Luigi. Uh, to, I, I saw the video go viral as soon as everybody else did. I love wrestling. I love pizza. I said, how could this be the first time these two have been married? And then I'm watching AEW, and you pop up there. and I'm, I'm checking out Fox News, and you pop up there. What has the last couple of months been like for you? It's like a God is playing a joke on me, but in a good way. Like uh, the, the the first day I see this clip, they post this clip that was back in April. Uh, I think, uh, okay, this will go to get uh, 20,000 views. That's a big deal. That's cool. Uh, and then the next day, it gets up to uh, maybe like 100,000 views. And it, it, I see it's getting serious. Okay, this is the next, uh, you know, uh, wrestling clip that everyone shares around. And then the third day, Mark Zuckerberg is literally commenting on the video. And I knew I was in a completely unfamiliar territory and that my life would never be the same. It would not be the same. Um, one of the reasons why I love it so much is I've watched wrestling my whole life. And it's um, there's so much anger about it right now, specifically online, specifically on the Internet, that I, it seems to me it's tough for people to just sit back and enjoy themselves. It's so much fun. I, I don't want to call it a bit, but when you throw the doll up in the air and you have your opponent catch it and then you're wrenching his arm, I've watched that just that sequence 700 times. Um, <laughs> I Are people – I see some people giving you crap and you've responded to a little bit of it, but I, I would hope that most people are incredibly positive about the positivity you're bringing to the ring. Yeah, I think one thing I bring to the ring is a lot of people are a good wrestler uh, or have a good physique – but not many of them know how to make a good pizza. Whereas uh, me, due to, due to my experience in, in the field, you know, I can I need the dough in my kitchen in much the same way. I need the trapezius muscle of my opponent, and I slam them down in the manner of a pizza dough, and then I can do an elbow drop or a senton 
or a top rope a splash as for like a topping via pizza. And of course, if that it doesn't work, then you give them the pizza card, which is by a finishing a move. So I think of the fact that I not only am a good wrestler, but I also make the best of pizza. I think that's really what I have it to offer. So when people see that, they think, okay, he he at least can add to that. It's a great. There's a lot of wrestlers. It's a great point that not only I mean it's got to be a huge benefit. That not only are you going to be better at wrestling than anybody in the ring, but you're going to be better at making pizza than anybody in the ring. So who's going to be able to compete with that? It's a, not a many less of people than you would think can make a pizza <laughs> in a ring. But but you know maybe I speak too soon because a lot of wrestlers have a part time job. So there is a good amount of wrestlers who do work in a pizza restaurants. But for me, it, you know, it's not just the pizza to the ring. It's also I bring the ring to the pizza restaurant. If it's somebody who comes into my restaurant and is maybe saying some things they shouldn't say, or maybe they're the ex-boyfriend of a, one of my line of cooks and they're trying to have some kind of a domestic dispute, I vault over the counter, give them a good waste lock, throw them out of the restaurant. That has literally happened. That is not a joke, my friend. You give them the waist lock, and then it's right out of the restaurant. Do they get hit with right the... Right out of the restaurant. Okay, you got to get right out. So do, do you ever save... The, did they get the pizza cutter at any point, or is that just for when you're actually in a wrestling match? I have not actually needed to uh, perform my finishing maneuver in a street fight. And it would it would, it would have hurt me pretty bad if I would do so, because the pizza cutter is a... I get them in a front of face lock, yes. and then I jump in the air, and I land on my back, and I pull them down on their head and a chest. So if I did do that in the wild, it would be extremely painful, not just to them, but for me. It's, I have to say, it's one of the most effective maneuvers I've ever seen. Um, did, I, did I see correct on your social media that you are going to be making the big trip over to Japan to dominate people in wrestling and making pizza over in Japan as well? <laughs> That's right. I'm getting to a wrestle in the Tokyo Dome wow. for a, a promotion called A Great, spelled G-L-E-A-T. It's where uh, Kaz Hayashi and wrestles, and of course Shima-san, formerly of a, of a Dragon Gate, who great Japanese wrestlers who appreciate a good good pizza. In fact, they, in the message where they were booking me, Shima-san he says to me, "Can you make pizza?" in all caps, and I said, uh, I, "I will try." And he says, "I would like you to make me." Pizza! And I say, we're going to make it happen. I don't know where I'm going to find a Western-style oven, but I'm going to make a good pizza for Hashima-san, and it's going to be a good pizza, and he's going to maybe do a do a, one of his finishing maneuvers onto his opponent upon the pizza. Man, that would be unbelievable. Um, the, the, the pizza aspect of this, how do you divide up your time, your preparation? I know that you're constantly training to be, to, to be you know, iron sharpens iron, to become a better wrestler. But then how much time do you also spend towards making pizza? Because I notice in the ring, the dough is constantly moving. It's all over the place. It's as much a part of your arsenal as your kicks and punches. Like, how do you split up your preparation time between the two? Well, the, the most important thing is going to be the, the cardiovascular training, just so I don't want to gas out in the ring. And then, you know, the pizza dough. I've trained so much tossing the pizza at this point. I only need a few hours of a, of a week. Of, a, of a throwing the dough. And then the, the rest of it, it just comes from a normal work in my restaurant. So it's just making the pizza, dealing with the rushes, having to a, a shout at a teenagers who want a pizza at a 1230 at a night when we're trying to close <laughs> and strengthening my uh, my alone capacity with the yelling. I always, they come in right when you're locking up the doors, right? And they're like, I want a large anchovy pizza. And they, do you ever give them the waist lock and throw them out of the restaurant as well? <laughs> It generally, if they are merely a customer being a rude, I try not to physically attack them, but I can't rule it out.
<laughs> they got to know what's on the table. Um, at Luigi Primo, PWR on Instagram, best pizza chef on Twitter. And of course, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees and check out Luigi Primo's shop over there. I did see on Big Cartel that at one point you were selling Luigi Primo pizza boxes. I, I got to say, that's like a Teddy Ruxpin or a Furby or whatever. That, I mean, that's got to be one of the hottest selling items out there. When are you going to get those back in stock? Yeah, so I currently got away research the the process of printing, like the newsprint, the printing method. And once I get to go to supplier, then we're gonna make it happen. It, it should be a next week. That's what I'm shooting for because I, I can't wait any longer. I gotta say, if Barstool can get frozen pizzas, I mean, would that be blasphemous for you? Like, if you were approached by like a pizza manufacturer, frozen pizzas, would you feel comfortable putting your excellent pizzas in that format so people could buy them at their local Kroger or Winn Dixie? <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if I do a supermarket of pizza because when you when you uh, have a mass produced a supermarket of pizza, it kind of it tastes like a how you say like a garbage from the trash can. So, <laughs> but but I was talking to my good friend, a legendary wrestler, Mark Henry, and he sure. was telling me about how a uh, Gold Belly they have a some uh, futuristic freezing technique where you can get a good regional style of pizza delivered to your door. Yeah. So I, I think I, I researched that. That it doesn't sound too bad. Actually, that's true. I've ordered from a Gold Belly. I bet they could handle yours. About, do you weigh in on the, the debate between Chicago style and New York style, Sicilian, Detroit style? What, what is what is the premier style as you would know better than all others? I think a New York style, you have to put it at the top, but Certainly, each region of a pizza is respectable in its own way. I think I would rank it uh, New York, Detroit, uh, and then I don't know what the other one. Chicago is on the bottom, for sure. On the bottom? Even though it's the, yeah, it's still pretty good, but it's uh, you know it's, it tastes like they kind of gave up on the crust. Like they did a good job with the other things, then the crust they're like, eh, you know, whatever we got left over. Now, if somebody comes into your restaurant and asks for Chicago style, are they getting the waist lock and thrown out the window? What I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna point to them to a sign that I have on the wall that if people can see when they come in, it says if you want a Chicago style pizza, you go to a Chicago. <laughs> because here at a Primo Ristorante Italiano, we only make a best of pizza from Italy every day, and it says that in a papyrus of font, and uh, they come in, and it also says that on our pizza boxes, you open at the lid, and on the inside it says if you want a Chicago style of pizza. You go to a Chicago because here at a Primo Ristorante Italiano, we only make a best pizza from Italy every day. And then it has my signature. I sign every box. <laughs> you sign the boxes, not the pizza. I want to go on record. No, with no, that, no, no. Yeah, I don't want to get a Sharpie on the pizza. I try to keep any kind of a toxic solvent off of the pizza. That's why in you're, general. Yeah, that's why you're the best. No toxic that's, solvents mixed in with the dough or the sauce or the cheese. No nails, no screws, no uh, no uh, live ammunition, either a Warsaw Pact or a NATO Alliance ammunition. No ammunition of any kind on my pizzas. What if it's expended shells? Like, what about shell casings? Do they ever show up in your pizzas? I mean, that's not live ammunition. I, I pulled it out of the oven and I saw one on it one time. I got it very quickly. Very I got simple. it off. I knew it. I should. So yeah, I, I I always catch it. I don't know if you follow your competitors, but you've already showed up in AEW on uh, this past weekend. Bray Wyatt showed back up in the WWE with much fanfare. I'm just curious. Is that somebody that's on your list of somebody that you would like to dominate in wrestling and pizza making? Yo, I mean, Bray Wyatt, he, he's a fantastic promoter. Uh, I'm sorry, a wrestler from a great wrestling family. Tremendous athlete, tremendous size. I think, uh, you know, 
if I were to wrestle him, what I would do it, is it when he's a crawling backwards like he does, I would jump in the air and come down on his, his stomach, like as if I'm putting a pepperoni on a pizza. <laughs> and I think that would have knocked the wind out of him sure. and I could have tried for a pin. That, that would be how I would approach that a match. That's really smart. Um, and it sounds very effective. Is there is there a list like Cody Rhodes? He, he went out there. He made a list. He made it happen. He went to Japan. You're kind of following a similar career arc right now as that gentleman. Like, is there a list for Luigi Primo of opponents that he wants to? I would imagine there's some vegans on that list and people that don't enjoy pizza. Uh, is there a list of wrestlers that you want to make sure that you lock horns with? Uh, you know, I will, I will face all covers, but certainly some people that... Uh, I would say are on a short list of people that I'd like to clash with are uh, Effie. Okay. Um, he's he's made some disrespectful comments about a pizza, saying, uh, you know, I can't beat you in a 30 minutes or else I work for a free, uh, which which I find extremely disrespectful because because a pizza and a making a pizza in a certain amount of time that's my heritage. Sure. That's it. So you don't get you don't get it to say that Effie. So I, I think I would have liked to uh, wrestle him and maybe put him in his place. Uh, of course, uh, I would have liked to get a revenge on uh, Ethan Page sure. or a Daniel Garcia or any of the other people who have uh, struck me on a camera at AEW. <laughs> That seems uh, to be a long list of people that have struck you on camera at AEW. There, That's there, are some stuff, there, there are some things that I did in the air, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, any of those matches would be spot on for me. Do you, do you ever get to the Washington, D.C. area? We have a huge pizza problem down here. We don't have a lot of good pizza. We could use a man of your talents and abilities. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't been to a D.C. I'm going to Philadelphia in December to join a, to join a little Guido in the uh, FBI. Sure. Um, for a, a tribute to ECW. So I'm going to be in the Northeast area, but I never wrestled in a D.C. proper uh but yeah, obviously, I, I would have loved to do that and show you guys a real a pizza from the old country. That's what we need. We need pizza from the old country. It is uh, it's best pizza chef Twitter, uh, Luigi Primo PWR on Instagram, and visit him on Pro Wrestling Tees. And I can say book him for cameo. The only problem is I haven't been able to get Monk on the telephone since that cameo dropped. It's clear that he is terrified and that he has been put in his place. So while I appreciate how effective your cameos are, Luigi, our primary sponsor is not returning texts, and you hold some of the blame his, for that. His spirit has been crushed, I understand. <laughs> Sir, you're my favorite wrestler. You're all of our favorite wrestlers. Thank you so much for making time today and continue the tremendous work. And congratulations on all the success. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chad Dukes. It was a pleasure to be here. I'm a Luigi Primo. That is Luigi Primo. This is the Chad Dukes Show. Everybody, the Chad Dukes Show Spotify page has updated playlists for your listening pleasure, including songs handpicked for our Tennessee road trip and 90s country playlists. Just follow the Chad Dukes Show on Spotify and you'll see all the show's favorite tunes. Very, very excited uh, with a brand new segment. Uh, Mr. Boonda himself. That's what they call him. Getting that Boonda. That's what they call him. He gets that Boonda tour. Getting that Boonda. I like you. I get that Boonda. Um, so I'm going ahead I of didn't. I wasn't done, I wasn't done oh, okay. introducing you, Joe. Um, of course, he is the EVP of the uh, Northern Virginia Tennessee Titans fan club. He's the man that likes to hibernate on friendship for six months at a time. The EVP of comedic timing. He likes <laughs> spicy chicken sandwiches. And, of course, he is the purveyor of the Soup Scoop with Joe Soup. Mr. Joe Soup is here as well. Hello, Joe Soup. How are you, buddy? Hello, boys. This for me. Well, let's get to the segment that it's about to replace the BMI. <laughs> 
French onion to broccoli cheddar. This for me. It's the soup scoop with Joe Soup. Getting that boonda. There it is. Soup for Joe. <laughs> French onion, this not for me. Oh, yeah, Joe. I, was, I meant to say that when I heard the production tour. I love the production you made, but Joe is on record as being the biggest French onion hater of all time. What? Yeah. I've oh. said this before. Well, tell Tor just in case he doesn't remember. Yeah, I, I just don't like the, the broth. The broth is way too oniony. And then... Just like my ball bag. <laughs> oh, God. Good oh, Lord. Tor, it's way too oniony. What? Are oh, you going to throw up again? No. You're going to always... Someone, someone get the trash can. Usually when it's oniony, like it sticks to the side of my leg when I like, try to pull my dungarees down. Are you fixing the camera there, big man? All right, very good. All right, so Joe, um, I assume... I pitched this segment to you, and you seemed very uh, willing, ready, willing, and able. I'm always willing to talk about soup. Soup is your passion. Yep. Um, and this is like, this is no shtick, just like the, the possessed demon baby that's going to kill Tor. <laughs> um, no bits here. The, the reputation came, I, I had about seven meals in a row when Joe and I first became uh, friends, where I noticed that Joe ordered... Usually not just one bowl of soup, but multiple bowls of soup. Not a cup, but a bowl. No, the bowl. That's a big difference. I'm sure you'll get into that, Joe. But um, there was one day at Patriots Pub where Joe had how many bowls of seafood? I think four. Hit four, four bowls, bowls of seafood. Of spicy bit. seafood soup. Was it soup or chowder? Might have been chowder. It was as much soup as I've ever seen anybody physically eat. Sure. And it was delicious. And then, of course, Joe is known for one of the greatest stunts in the history of the Chad Duke Show, where he beer-bonged the four giant cans, uh, four Antonio Brown penises of fucking um, tomato soup at the uh, Flying Ace Farm, which really raised the level of, as far as what people could expect at our live events. Uh, but I guess I bought you a soup. And I requested that you review this soup for your first installment of the Soup Scoop. Yes. And I was very impressed by your selection because I had never seen this soup before. How many cans of soup? Not just the ones we left on your front door, which, by the way, Joe confirmed he ate. Um, oh, that makes me happy. Not me. I wish you would have ate and said, wow, these guys really care for me. Let me shoot them a text. Um, but outside of that, Joe, it's cans of soup I've just handed you. How many times do you think that's happened? Uh, at least five times. Yeah. I, I can't. Whenever I see a new can of soup, I got to be like, I got to give this to Joe. It's really important. What was the soup for your inaugural edition of the Soup Scoop? Well, uh, you gave me a... Let me get the exact name because it's very long. Are you going to be able to read it on the tiny yeah. phone? It is Rich and Hearty Progresso Lasagna Style Soup with Italian Sausage. Lasagna Soup. Does that sound pretty good, Tor? I've never, I've never heard that before. I know. It made me... Progresso, and Joe, don't let me step on your toes here, but Progresso, I think, usually thought of less than Campbell's. Yeah, it is. It's the big two. We got Campbell's <laughs> and Progresso. And then That's right. you, you got... Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got... Hormel uh, kind of dips its toe in there, but they usually just do chili. Okay, that's true. Which uh, I would... Chili's not a soup, but it's... I guess you could count it as a stew. It's a you, type of stew, maybe. Do you think you'll review any chilies or stews on no, 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 the no, soup no. scoop? I'm banning any chili... People can, people can give me recommendations, but I don't want any chili recommendations. Wow. Or chicken noodle soup recommendations. No chicken noodle? No. None whatsoever. What about like a, a gumbo? Gumbo, or, of course, gumbo. Jambalaya. Yes. Well, jambalaya, isn't that the one with the fucking rice in it, though? Which one's yes. the one that has the rice in it? Which one's the one you pour over rice? I think jambalaya is... Because that's oh. a big difference. 
I think jambalaya is rice in it. Gumbo is rice over. Yes, that is correct. Tor. Okay. Oh, wow. Or else Joe's soup has spoken. I, God, that is 100% correct. I'm, I'm very impressed. You did your research. <laughs> I doubt he did any research. Um, so Progresso lasagna soup. Yes, I did. And uh, well, you want me to go ahead and root right uh, now? Yeah, but this okay. is where you would take All the right. bull by the proverbial <laughs> horns. All right, take the stick, big man. Well, I, I let's uh, let's start with the design of the can. I was wow. a little, yeah, I was a little underwhelmed with the design of the can. Deep dive, yes. because it was that boring blue. Uh, sure. Outer shell of Progresso, which is like, it doesn't differentiate itself from all the other soups. Some people call that a label, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. No big label. deal. Well, I'm a, I'm a soup guy. I'm not a label guy. That's true. You're not a marketing <laughs> genius. You're a soup man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a soup man. So I was under... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Daniel Soupville, and me and my... <laughs> I took my stroll and drank your soup. <laughs> Me and my son, H.W. Soupville, we're hunting some pheasants. Oh, man. Imagine him just pushing Paul Dano's face into a big bowl of soup. <laughs> we're fucking mining soup out of the ground. I'm going to bury you under soup, Eli. <laughs> Give me the soup, Lord, and let me get away. Blood's coming to blood. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Joe. Daniel Soupville just took over the fucking... You took over the show for a second. My straw reaches across your bowl. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's build a wonderful soup kitchen for all the children to meet at. <laughs> soup means irrigation and education. All right, I'm sorry, Joe. Remember when he's at the bottom of that big bowl of soup yeah. and the fucking the bucket of tools kills his buddy? <laughs> Knocks over into the big bucket of croutons? Yeah. Big basket of oyster crackers came crashing down. His son loses his fucking sense of taste because the soup boils <laughs> over. This is too hot. Does your taste come back to you? I don't know. I always burn my tongue on soup. Yeah. Joe's soup brother shows up and he murders him with a fucking a big fucking wad of parsley. <laughs> Chokes him out. Oh my god. Well, we're done. The soup scoops one and done. I yeah. guess. A proud daughter of these hair soups. <laughs> All right, Joe. You want you want your intro again? Please, please play the music. <laughs> From French onion to broccoli cheddar, this for me. It's the soup scoop. This for me. With Joe Soup. Getting that boomed up. All right. All right. So, aside from the label, which I was disappointed with because I feel like you can advertise it a little bit better. Um... I, I was definitely excited to try this new soup that I'd never seen before. Sure. So as soon as I opened the can, a very familiar smell came to me, and it was it smelled exactly like the Chef Boyardee ravioli. Really? Yes. I don't mind that smell. Yeah, I love that smell. Which is a very good that smell. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very good sign. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. Really? Yes. It was very good. And... It did taste somewhat similar, but it did have more spices in it. It had like paprika, it had parsley. Now, when you say spices, was there any heat? No, no, not okay. no, 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 uh, no hot peppers in there. 
But you went to Flavortown, it yeah, sounds oh, yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was some paprika. I think there was basil, some onion powder, some garlic powder. I know a place you can get an oniony uh, sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Take a cheese grater to it. There's your onion powder. <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> Fucking gross, dude. <laughs> And they, they also put in some Parmesan cheese as well. What? Yeah, it was blended in with the, the soup. I like that. It was all mixed in. And so it tasted ju- It tasted like the the ravioli, the okay. Boyardee ravioli, but better. Are there noodles and shit in there? Like, what's the yeah, lasagna there component? Yeah. There was, like, little square noodles. So it was, like, like little mini uh, lasagna noodles in there. Oh. And th- that was actually a concern because lots of times it could get very mushy. Okay. So I, this wasn't a brothy soup, but more of, like, a saucy soup? Uh, saucy soup. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was pretty thick. It was a pretty thick soup. And the, the, the noodles actually held up well, which I was very grateful for because sometimes it could get really mushy i hate that you're grateful for it yes because it it, it would praise, mushy- praise be allah <laughs> that the noodles have hung up in the way that i like them to do let me bang out some prayers which way is east i love the judges sitting around being thankful that the noodles are are girthy because a lot of times the noodles if it's very mushy ruins a very good soup i agree so the texture is also very important in soup. You gotta, you gotta have a certain amount of firmness in your, sure. in your pasta. Why are you pointing at your genitals right now? <laughs> <laughs> Strange. I've never heard a soup expert reference their genitals during a review. Well, if he's not firm while eating the well, soup, well, then, yeah, you know, that's a bad score. Yeah. Two thumbs down. I agree. Three thumbs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there. Hi oh. Pull yourself together, Joe. Christ. You see Jerry Seinfeld laughing at his own material. It's, different t- it's a different type of meltdown, whereas Anthony is straight up off the rails. Yeah, he's off the rails. Joe just can't keep it the fucking together. Joe just enjoys the, the comedy. Yeah. I'm glad he likes the show. Yeah. The third component with the soup was the Italian sausage, which like is that. also another concern because lots of times they like to cheap put in like cheap meat in there and it ruins the soup. Okay. I got to say... There was some spice to this Italian sausage, which was very nice, and the texture was also very nice. Again, firm. I, Firmness I, is yes, a big yeah, hang-up I for like you. a good firm sausage. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isolate that, please. We can put that right next to the bunda. In that order, by the way. Like some big old... You fucking... Did you write that down as you prepared? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I wonder if that's in his notes. I got it. I'm going to kill them with this. Enough of the yucks. I'm trying to hear about this soup, Yeah, Joe. give us the fucking Come info, on. Joe. Shit. So, the, sausage, the sausage was great. The, the sauce was great. And also the pasta was good. And it, it was very solid. And I got to say, my score for this is very good. For the inaugural... What was the soup scoop? You don't know the name, <laughs> of, your, soup, you don't know yes. the name of your segment? I forgot the name of the segment. He doesn't know the name of his segment, Tor. <laughs> This is the soup. You know, it's really good you didn't go after fucking Luigi Primo. I will say that you had the right instincts, Joe. God damn. So, for this soup, I'm giving it four out of five. Wow. Disfomies. So, the metric is disfomies. Yes. Okay, very good. I thought maybe it'd be firm sausages, but it's disfomies. I think that's really good for Progresso, too, because if, if it were me, Joe, I would go in expecting it to be of a lesser quality. Because I think the Campbell's product, by and large, is superior. Well, I guess they're stepping up their game now because they 
Seems like it. Yeah, they're falling behind. All right, now what do you have? I notice you have a giant pile of cans next to you. Oh, yes. So I have prepared for the next, I don't know, two months. Oh, <laughs> you, so you're, you think you're going to hit such a home run that you get oh, one yeah, every week for the next is. two months. Oh, okay. I like the confidence. Nobody wants to hear about acai bowls. They want to hear about soup. It's a great point. He is doing a soup segment, and he has soup. <laughs> that wasn't in his boss's freezer that he lied about that everyone yelled at Dukes. Yeah. And then we find out that Dukes was right the whole fucking time. At this point. Oh, Dukes and Tor were also right. Um, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. but Oh, yeah. There was no lasagna. Of course there wasn't. Remember when he came in here and said that he had a lasagna and that he had to hire a fucking cleaner and all of that bullshit? It was all bullshit. That's what it was. He doesn't even know how to cook frozen lasagna. He can't use an air fryer. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. He's, he was going to just buy a stove for his lasagna and say that he made it. Yeah, that's what he did. And then he didn't know you had to take off the plastic from the top. He's the dumbest. <laughs> he's the dumbest. Joe, I don't want to ruin right. your segment. Talking about lies and fibs. Right. <laughs> you got a big pile of cans there. I know you prefer it in the can. <laughs> what all do you have there? Is it, so this is what's what is going to be the, uh, coming up next, I guess, is the good question. Oh, well, a lot of these soups I've had before, but I wanted to get the word out. <laughs> yes. So I know these are going to be very good. But I need to get the word out on these soups. <laughs> so you're taking this. You're taking this seriously that it's your job to, like, be... Almost a town crier for soups yes. that you think deserve the yes, attention. Yes, I don't think it's taken seriously enough. Okay. And it, this is my passion. All right, what is the soup that we can expect next out of this uh, horn of plenty you have in front of you? All right, well, I've had this before, but I, I got I definitely got to review this. This is the chicken and sausage gumbo from Campbell's Chunky. Now, let me ask you this. This is second canned soup. Would you be willing if people wanted to make soup for you to review it? Oh, I would. Yes, I would. Except okay. for Ant-Man because I know he's a liar. Remember what? that? That's okay. He he said he would make a split pea soup. Oh, ham. my God. Why does he? There's no way. Why does he fucking continue to lie? He is incapable of making it. Now, now, you're saying you'll make it for other people. What if it's from this guy? Are you going to take a soup from Orgy Beard? Oh, no, 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 no. Did you know he's banned. He's banned from You this. know he's at least going to have an ounce and a half of his semen inside of the yeah. fucking thing. Right? Semen, some molly, some, you know. Anything that's going to take. Whatever. Yeah. Camcorder. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, now, will you ever make Joe drop soup for the audience? Because we know that you actually have a recipe of your own. I know. I know. Uh, I will, I'm coming out with a new line. Easy with yeah. Line of products. <laughs> Easy with the coming out. All right, so the first one will be that gumbo from uh, Campbell's. Yes. And then if anybody would like to uh, make you a soup, can they contact you on Instagram or something? Yes, they can. They, uh, this for me on Instagram. <laughs> Spelled phonetically. Yes. <laughs> D-I-S-F-O-M-E. Well, if they can't spell it, they shouldn't follow you. Yeah. <laughs> Dispo me. All right, so four for the Italian fucking progresso lasagna soup. Yep. And uh, the chicken gumbo next. Chicken gumbo next, and then I'm going to do a soup that I haven't. It's a soup, the type of soup I've had before, but not from Wegmans. This is the Wegmans brand minestrone soup. Okay. Big fan of minestrone, I yeah. remember. So I'm going to do that next, and then I'm going to do another one that I've already tried before. <laughs> Which is the jazzy jambalaya with chicken, sausage, and ham. You know what Joe's like? He's like Sean McVay. He's scripted his first 10 yeah. plays. You know? He just knows what he's going to do. Now, Joe, if I could put in a request. Okay. One sure. week I would like for you to take, like, the Wegman soup, the Progresso, and the Campbell's, but all three of the same variety, and then rate and compare them. Oh, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Oh, like, like, maybe it's a style that you've already had, but you could review the differences. You're pretty good at this. Thank you. This is great ideas. <laughs> Can I ask Joe a soup question? Real quick? Please, Joe. Please. You, you were you were trashing the the Progresso can and label because you said it didn't advertise it that well. 
What, what's right. your favorite labeling? Labeling for the can. Oh, yeah, which a, which ones really get your attention? I've never I've been really, thinking about that. I've never thought about that. Actually. He's a big fan of labeling Caucasians as ignoramuses. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of that. I think I'm a big fan of. Uh, I think Campbell's does a good job. They put a spoonful of the soup right in front. Okay, and it's very big and bright, so it's very you can see everything that's inside it. Gotcha. Without looking at the, without reading the ingredients. So you don't like the judgmental white can of the Progresso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like well, that. Look how boring this is. This is so boring. <laughs> I would agree. It's a very boring yeah. can. They got to step up their label. I see you have one of Progresso's new spicy offerings. There. Oh, I do. I do. Yes. I have never tried this before, and this will be coming up, I don't know, I guess week four. Okay. <laughs> Which one's that? It is a spicy chicken tortilla. Oh, I like a nice chicken yeah. tortilla. And it says too. it's a medium spice, but I doubt it. No. Probably has no spice normies. whatsoever. Yeah. Getting that boonda. All right, there he is. Uh, Joe, well done. Tremendous job. Oh, thank you. But between now and next week, could you please learn the name of your segment? <laughs> yes. All right. It's the Soup, Soup Scoop with Joe the Dupe. That is the name of this. <laughs> Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. Very excited to be joined on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline right now by the owner-operator of Sup Dogs, two locations in North Cackalack, I assume most of the audience is already familiar with my buddy Brett Oliverio or Brett Michaels, of course, as he was known here locally for many years. Brett, it's great to talk to you, bud. How are you? Yeah, nice nice to talk to you, too. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. I wish it was under better circumstances. Um, let's talk about that first. I have a very... Somehow I'm one of the most obnoxious people on the planet, but the group of people that now listen to my show are some of the nicest people on earth and they're willing to pay for this horse shit. So when there's a good cause, <laughs> we just got, do you remember Jim Jester, by the way, Brett? Oh yeah, of course. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's got a bathroom um, that there's a giant hole in with black mold all around it. And there's water leaking into his closet and, uh, every time he gets in the bathtub, the whole house starts to shift and creak, and he thinks he's going to fall through because he weighs 400 pounds. So actually, a, a couple of Damn. yeah weeks ago, we did a fundraiser um, during one of our live shows, and it raised enough money to completely remodel the bathroom. So these, for some reason, these are good people. Um, I don't know how they've been attracted to this show, but I, I've been following you and all the, the stuff that you do, which has been incredibly impressive. But I saw this. This is not good news. You actually had a employee pass away uh at an incredibly young age which is always a huge bummer and you're nice enough to put together a little gofundme which i see you've donated very generously to as well uh kind of take us through what happened here yeah you know we, we had a uh one of our cooks who's 18 years old uh, he started with us like three or four months ago his uh they're still investigating the the, the cause of death but basically his uh his family found him um just dead and passed away in, inside their house totally unexpectedly uh, i don't think they know the cause right now obviously i think they're going through the autopsy process um and you know being 18 years old his his dad's a police officer and you know having planned a funeral for my little brother a long time ago i just know they're incredibly expensive they can be like you know 15 to 20 grand yeah just just to, just to have a funeral so if that's you know, an expense that's unplanned. I mean, that, I mean, who has 20 grand laying around, especially if you're a, you know, working in public service like his dad. So um, my thought was, 
let's raise as much money as we can uh, for the for the family. And I, I, I've never met his parents, but uh, you know, I just figured, you know, I know the last thing they're thinking about is money, but you know, couldn't uh, hurt to have funeral expenses covered. Well, I mean, you mentioned you went through this. I, I can't even imagine what it is like. But what I can imagine is when you are your life is ripped apart as, you know, something like this, when it takes place, a tragedy like this, it's going to destroy everybody's life for a good long while. The the last thing in the world you need is, is tens of thousands of dollars. And there's a I get it. There's a funeral industry for a reason. But, you know, they, there's there's they're trying to make their money as well. So. To be able to assuage that is a kind of a, you know, it's not a small thing. And I think it's unpleasant to have to pay for stuff surrounding a tragedy in your life. And so I think it's probably, I don't know, it feels like it's worth double more than just the cost. It's just the peace of mind that comes with not having to worry about that portion of this entire awful process that the family's going through. It's, it's got to be worth its weight in gold at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was sort of my thinking. Um and you know we, ha, how we've done it. We we did this one other time uh, for a police officer that uh, was in a career-ending accident. And you know what we do is just, you know, everyone wants to donate, but you know sometimes people aren't in the financial position to do it. So right. we just say, look, if you donate a hundred bucks to the family, we'll give you a one hundred dollar Subdogs gift card. So um, it's sort of a wash for people, and it kind of gives people extra incentive to actually donate the money and. You know, uh, then local companies have stepped in and donated like a thousand bucks. And it's it's sort of inspiring to see yeah. when, when a tra tragedy like this happens um, or even a, uh, even a hardship situation like sort of what Jim was going through. People unexpectedly step up and uh, it's pretty cool to see. I love when I find out people aren't shit. I mean, I don't know how it is <laughs> in your industry. I imagine I can't imagine an industry where you deal with more people acting shittily than the restaurant industry. Um, yeah. But I just see people walking around with shirts. I hate people. Uh, people suck like all this. And we have kind of this shield up where we're just, oh, everyone's just going to be an asshole. Um, and when they aren't, especially when something awful happens and everybody kind of rallies together, it does it does feel really good. Um, all right. So the, the link is on the Sup Dogs Instagram. You can go to Sup Dogs Restaurant on Instagram. I'm assuming most of my listeners are familiar with it. Uh, Sup Dogs Restaurant. And there's a link in the bio for the GoFundMe. Um, and I, I assume all the, the cash, even if you uh, hit your goal, all that's going towards the family, correct? Yeah, yeah, all of it. Um, yeah, the goal is ten thousand. I think we're like over twenty right now. That's so awesome. it's it's uh yeah, it's crazy. So I appreciate you promoting that. Yeah, man, of course. And uh we got some good people, I'm sure they'll help and it's uh if you can alleviate it's just an awful thing to go through, especially parents outliving their kids. They never want to do it. Sup Dogs Restaurant, go ahead and go to the Instagram and check that out. There's a link for the GoFundMe in the profile. And there, look, if you've never been down to Brett's Restaurant, um, you get a gift card if you donate. That's pretty damn cool. Um, I have some questions for you, bud. Um, yeah. I've never... I don't know how to... I'm, I'm not... A, I think you know I'm not a creep. I, I'm not like the junkies. Yeah. I love the junkies, but EB's a creep. I mean, a bunch of those guys are creeps. They, <laughs> they, they're into genitals and things like that. And I, uh, you know, I've been happily married for a long time. I'm do, I don't do a lot of, like, you know, talking to girls and stuff. I, that being said, I don't know that I've ever seen more beautiful women in my life than I have that work at your restaurant. And it's <laughs> it's unfucking believable Like, I'll, I'll log into a page, and I'm like, well, those ought to be models. Like, there's no way they – wait, they're just behind the bar. Um, 
that uh just serving hot dogs it really they're just serving hot dogs and crushes yeah. and i'm like how yeah. where i've never i've never walked into an applebee's like i've never walked into any place in arlington you know where there's good looking women there and uh experience that um you're the boss what is that like having that be your working environment i can't imagine a lot of people can relate yeah it's uh dude the crazy thing about east carolina university is uh you know, I went to JMU, um, and I went to George Mason, where I know you were George Mason yeah. as well. And like, it's the, the the girls here are not not only super good looking, but just over the top friendly. Yeah. So like, the girl that in, in the girl kind of in Northern Virginia or or in any school sort of in that area that's super attractive, like she's generally not over the top nice. No. Here in North Carolina, near ECU, the girls are. Just fun, cool, friendly, and a lot of times good looking. So yeah. it's uh it really is unlike any other place. And you know, what I would say is uh you know, I, I sort of hire believe it or not, I hire for experience and personality over anything else, at least at first, because I mean I've turned down when people are like, Oh, you only hire good looking girls. I could show you the girls I've turned down, like the Instagram models and because to work in a restaurant, especially like ours, it's hot, busy, intense. I mean, your food, you know, burgers, hot dogs, ranch spilling down your leg. Like you've got to have a hustle and you've got to want to make money because, I mean, if you're super, if you're like a hot chick and you don't have any work ethic and you can't hustle, uh, the job, you just have no shot at this job. So um, it's sort of just balancing all of it. And I like, like when an attractive girl applies, like, you know, I can tell she's attractive, but when she starts, like, I don't know, like everyone's sort of the same in my book. Like right. when I look at them, I don't, but I like it for the customer. So I know the customer likes, probably likes having an attractive server. So I love everyone it for the does. customer. Yes, 100% of all um, people do. And then all, and then all servers in our restaurants are all female, which I feel like should be like that in every restaurant. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. You know, one thing I always heard, which was kind of weird, is really high-end steakhouses. Uh, people want, or men, only want another man yeah. to make their drink. Yeah. Which to me is weird. I, I've never, I never thought that was a thing, but apparently it is. Like, oh, this female can't make my Manhattan the way a man can, which is just bizarre. But, I gotta say, uh, that is a, I don't even know that I thought about that until you just said that, but... I think you're right. Like, and and it's that exact situation that you just painted, like a steakhouse. Like, I'm sitting down. There's a white tablecloth. There's oak everywhere. I'm ordering an old fashioned. I want to look and see like a, a 60 year old man behind the bar. <laughs> I don't know what that's all. Right. About. I don't know what that's all about, and I don't know why that would be the case. I just think girls are, you know, friendlier, more personable, uh, more fun to hang around. I don't know. That's sort of my thinking. So. The girl, it's for us. the girl that Shaq is holding up in the air is the hottest girl I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Um, she's come up on the show a couple of times. I feel like a creep. All right, so, um, dude, you should, you should. I, I, she came in the other day for Parents Weekend with her parents. You should have her on the podcast. I don't want to hear. Girl's it. a star. It's too, it's too frustrating. It's, it's just like <laughs> it, it's an unbelievable. But dude, the, 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 the from the, the. The concerts you put on, dude, are so crazy. So, like, was that already going on when you went down there? Uh, was your brother doing that, or was that your idea? Because I remember at one point I was like, wow, Brett's doing – is that Little John? Like, what? what is he doing at the hot dog restaurant? Like, I didn't – it took me a couple of years to put together 
what you were doing. Um, what was the genesis of putting on those shows? Yeah, I mean, he, he my brother sort of came up with uh, an event called Doggy Jam yeah. based on our name, Sup Dogs. And it was like every April 20th. So it started off as like, you know, a, you know, smoking weed, jam bands, 50 cent cans of bush light, like just like a, you know, a sort of outdoor sort of hippie vibe to it. And then, uh, and then, so, so I just ended up um, continuing the event, but then at some point, like 2013 or so, it just sort of transitioned into like mainstream music event where we brought like cover bands that normally people see in Ocean City or Dewey Beach. We brought them here and then it's sort of just grown as the years have gone on. And, you know, I think we, we had like Polly D came by uh, or did the event and then, you know, Lil John and then Shaq. So, I mean, basically, if you can pay the artist, um, like I'm confident you can sell tickets. So if you can sell tickets, you know, then, you you know, you won't go broke paying the artist. But right. where it can get dicey is if you dump a ton of money into an artist and you just don't sell any tickets. So um, we're, we're lucky that, you know, the event, we were able to sell like 5,000 tickets for Shaq. It's not a big money-making event whatsoever, but um, it's just great for marketing. It can't not be. Um, and, of course, you made what I like to call the no-brainer uh, decision to bring down two of the finest uh, hip-hop artists in the game a few years back. Uh, and, of course, I'm referring to Othman Boucherub and Jost Jost the movie. Um, I don't know if they ever told you like what a big deal that was and how much fun we had with what happened and what Jost did and the fact that Othello hid oh. in the hotel room afterwards and wouldn't go talk to any girls and ordered four orders of mozzarella sticks and went to bed at six o'clock. Um, can you? I remember. I listened to all. I listened to all those shows. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Dude. The best. It was so. I, mean, I laugh about it to this day. Uh, Joe's going out there. DJ, drop that beat, and then nothing happens. Like I just, I fucking laugh every time. Do you? Were you watching that? Were you around? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're busy during doggy jams, but like, were you around when that was going on? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, see, what happened was he he did like a Othello was like, look, can we do? Can I do a rap for you guys? And it ended up being pretty damn good. He's awesome. I, mean, I think he's he's really good. Yeah. Um, and then he's like. And I was like, well, why don't you just jump on stage and, and do the song at Doggy Jam? I mean, there'll probably be like three or 4,000 people there. He's like, oh, that'd be awesome. So, you know, I I think it went great, but uh, I sort of set him up to fail because I didn't really promote it. It was like <laughs> in between acts and people were like, who are these guys? Like, And then all of a sudden it's two guys on stage rapping and the crowd was kind of like, didn't really understand what was going on, but as far as like a rapper and stage presence, Othello was good. And I remember uh, the movie being solid on stage as well. I mean, production was a little off. But, yeah. You know, that wasn't really their fault, I don't think. We did a song called What They Really Want from a Rodcast, I think. The movie and Othello have performed two or three live shows we've done. Of course, it's two or three hundred people, not thousand. But um, that kid, and I'm sure you'll agree, he's. I always say this. He's the most talented person that I've ever just like been around that isn't, you know, I'm someone I'm interviewing or somebody that I'm working with or whatever. He's so incredibly talented. Like he's funny and everyone loves being around him and he's a really good rapper. Like he's just he's an excellent rapper, but he's also the most tormented person that I've ever met in my life and I always feel bad because 
whenever I'm with him, I'm like, dude, man, like I'm looking at all these assholes that are, you know, viral Instagram pages and all these corny fucking comedy rappers. And you're way better than all of them. And just, you know, you can't, you can't go outside long enough to make it fucking happen. It's just, it's a weird thing knowing the kids, just like knowing how good he is at so many different things. He, and he, Othello is hysterical. I mean, he he, he's so funny. And he was doing like him and Shorts were doing like TikToks before anyone TikTok was. was yeah. Um, and it's almost like if he just sort of did what you've done and like just dedicated his life to something, go all in, uh, you know, sort of had no backup plan. Yeah. There's no doubt he would hit a home run and whatever he chooses to do. But. Uh, you know, then you, but you get married and have kids and life comes at you. So he's, uh, dude, I, I talk to him all the time and he's a funny, funny guy. Yeah. I, you know, I just sort of wish he lived closer so we can hang. He's one of my favorite people. I can't offer what you can offer. So I don't talk to him all the time. I'd like to, but like, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with you, Brett. Like, I well, th- well, mainly just through like Instagram. Like, I got message him. Oh, sure. Time, yeah. But. He'll, he'll talk on Instagram. There ain't no way he's picking up a phone call. Um, but you're right. I think that not having a backup plan, like if you're going to succeed at something, I don't know that anyone's like, well, I can just go back to this job and I'll have a 401k and a retirement. It's like, you just got to go balls out. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, he's got family now and he seems to be happy, but uh, I always would love to do more stuff with him because of what you just said. He's about as naturally funny as a person can be. Um, but I just fucking love that story so much of him and the movie. And the movie's such a cartoon character also that it's it's hard for me to believe that he exists when I hear the stories that get told about him. Now, what I remember that about that performance is like I thought I, I think it sort of hit them right before they're about to go on stage and like they both look pretty damn nervous. Like I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to be like sort of their face just like I, I don't know. I, I thought they were both incredibly nervous, and then afterwards, I thought it went well, and then they had all these girls talking to him. But uh, dude, it was like a weird, like uh, just sort of circus. And but luckily, no one really remembered until your show, just dedicated hours and hours to it, <laughs> which was amazing. Multiple I mean, episodes, <laughs> and literally, people bring that up to me on Twitter. Like, I mean, how long ago was that? Like. A while, dude. Petey Pablo was the guy that was the headliner that year, so you could probably figure it out from that. Um, That's right. It was was Petey Pablo and Brody Jenner, who's Kylie Jenner's half-brother. I don't know if you know that guy. I I don't, but that's your wheelhouse. Sometimes, dude, dude, the the guys you book now, I feel like such a fucking fogey because I got to look them up. And I'm like, Brett booked this dude. Like, who's... And then I look, he's got 7 million Instagram followers. Like, it's always kind of like you'll post people. I guess celebrities just stop by your restaurant all the time. And I just, they're not celebrities in my world. Then I look them up on Instagram. I was like, this guy's got 14 million followers. And he's, you know, he's got a Grammy. And I've never heard of this motherfucker. So I don't know. It's, it's to your credit that you have been able to age and still kind of stay plugged into that whole scene. Dude, I just asked these college girls. I'm like, I ask them, like, what, you know, especially if we're going to be on social media like people see right through that shit yeah like, if you're old and trying to look cool so like i just ask them hey like can i use this word or in this context <laughs> and i just and they and they keep me updated on all of it and for our events like i just every time we do an event i run everything by like sorority girls like That's smart like that are on our staff like hey if you know we're gonna book this person and here's how the event's gonna run down and they sort of tell us what's what's cool and what's not Jesus, that's so smart because you're right. The Steve Buscemi meme, like you just want to avoid, you know, hello, young people, that whole scenario. I don't I don't ever try to bullshit my way through that. Um, how often do you talk to the junk still? 
Um, through text all the time. Like yeah. I still listen. I I listen to like I don't know. Like I've gotten so into the UFC. Like I have a hard time really caring about caring about like other sports. So um, I don't listen to a ton of like sports content. But anything evergreen on the junkies or good interviews, I, I listen to. I listen to the podcast every night. The the you, you make a great point about I still love the NFL like I still watch every weekend but if you get really into the UFC and like what happens and the complexities and the the brutality the um, it's kind of hard to care about basketball you know what I mean like it's yeah. the, the, the consequences exactly. just aren't the same at all dude so true so true but yeah I keep in touch with them um, you know actually I was texting with Lurch not that long ago so I've kept I've kept in touch with all of them actually JP came and visited not. Uh, maybe a couple months ago over the summer. So, I mean, those guys, uh, you know, I miss, uh, people ask me like, do you miss radio? Like I miss hanging out with the guys and like going on trips and like, yeah, just like, I miss like after the show, like when we were all hanging out, like at 10, 800 main street, just talking best in the hallways. Dude, I'm uh, um, I'm half a mile from that building where I'm talking to you right now. Really? Like it was, that was, I mean, one of the things that's been so important to me is, of course, you know, pre-canceling was keeping the fucking. Um, I don't know. I just feel like some kind of honor at being on Main Street still in Fairfax. So my shops on Main Street and my uh, my studios on Main Street. So I drive by the old building all the time and just remember. God damn, I don't know that I've ever had more fun in my life than being inside of those walls. Dude, it was like. Uh... You know, for the first couple of years, I was kind of starstruck. Like, because I mean, growing up, ever since like sixth grade, yeah. I remember driving by 10800 Main Street and trying to look in that little window to see Don and Mike. Dude, that's a, that, Do you know how many times I used to have? I, I begged my mom to just drive me past the building because I thought maybe I could look through the window and see Don and Mike doing low budget Jeopardy or something. Yeah, it was the greatest. And then being in the building, and, and I mean, for the most part, everyone's cool. You know, you know obviously there's egos involved. Sure you know, with guys on air and stuff, but everyone's cool. And just, just the hang and the vibe and the the tone of everything was just totally different back then. And I, I miss just hanging out with everyone. There was none of that in Lanham. But once, once, once we made the trek up there, it was, you learned real quick. It was never going to be the same. Not that it wasn't still cool. I mean, you're still doing radio for a living, but, uh, that's why when you made the decision like i mean i know you didn't make the decision like life came at you incredibly fast but i always thought it was i i've said this to you a bunch of times i'm sure it gets old but i just i got so much respect for that man like john norman got out of radio and he went to chef school you know and he learned how to like cook that's cool yeah and now he like i think he runs a produce section in wegmans which doesn't sound like if you just say that to someone they're probably not impressed but it's a really big deal you know it's a store that makes a million dollars a week and he's in charge of like a a hundred people and he works a good job and he's, he's tired at the end of the day and he likes what he does. And I'm like, I don't know. I just have so much respect for people that can just say, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to do it right now. And people usually are stuck in this job for the rest of their lives. Like that's always such an admirable thing. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that, man. And you know, I just, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about restaurants. I mean, my wife had waited tables most of her life, but I, I just kind of made the, I'm just going to show up every day to learn everything ask every dumb question. Um, and then, you know, we were lucky. Like when, when I got down here, you know, my brother like made the restaurant cool. So people were coming in through the door, but you know, he started the restaurant when he's 23. So like there were no business practices in place. So it was sort of run like a restaurant you would see on bar rescue. Yeah. So, you know, it helped that like I came into town 
you know, I was married, um, you know, I was running it like a real business and I wasn't sort of running it like, uh, a college free for all. Um, and then the community's just su supported us like, like crazy. So that's why I'm happy to do, you know, fundraisers and whatever I can from a charitable standpoint. Um, North Carolina. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. But the state's amazing, isn't it? I fucking, I, that's, that's where I'm going to end up at some point. As soon as, uh, I mean, I, luckily I'm losing audience every single month that goes past. Like, so once I lose enough audience, like I'll just pick up and I'll have no reason to be here. I got to move. Dude, I don't believe that. You know what? Nobody, and this is like anyone that <laughs> asked me about you, because anytime people, like people come in all the time. Um, oh, you know, I love the junks. Like literally guarantee you this weekend it's homecoming at ECU. I'm going to have. 10 different people that bring up the junkies. And then a lot of them sure. ask me about you. Like, you know, what's Chad Dukes like, you know, <laughs> how's he? And you know, what I tell everyone is like, nobody, there's very few people in the country that can build a loyal audience like you. Oh, like, that's nice. The man. fact that, the fact that you've been able to like build this audience, um, hold on to them, interact with them, build personal relationships, uh, you know, obviously they're creating a living for you. And, sure. Uh, there's just very few people that could do that. So no, I mean, they provide you know, my respect. I, I appreciate that. And they, it's different now too, man. I got a different bond with them because they do the, what you just said. They provide my living. Like these people are allowing me to pay my mortgage. Um, when I think a lot of people that went through what I went through, that, that doesn't happen. So yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. It's real nice. And do, what's that? Do you miss, do you miss like the traditional radio? Cause for a while there, you're doing a show by yourself yeah. talking sports, which is just impossible. It was hell. Um, I miss, so I, I miss the relevance. Like I, I go through bouts of feeling very irrelevant because like, you know, my people are fantastic, but like, if I have a really good show, you're not, it doesn't really matter because like it's, that doesn't, that, that's not, a, that's not how I wanted to say that. I, I miss being able to reach out and touch new people. And I know that there are people like Adam Carolla that can do a free podcast and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I am not one of them. So to open, you know, the paywall is a necessity for me to just take care of life. Um, I, I miss that. And I, I miss, um, I miss on Mondays when the Redskins would lose being able to go in and do a show. Because that I've never felt more connected to an audience. That's back when I rooted for the team. Um, just the pain and the anguish and the anger will always, for whatever reason. I mean, you were there for thousands of those things. If, if there was yeah. a, after a win, you know, you get a you get fucking Sacktown Mike's calling in. But the people that call in when they're enraged and really upset, you know, I I listen to the same radio did you did it Stern and O and A. Like all the anger and the vitriol was always kind of what I identified with. So I I miss that portion of it. I do not miss talking about fucking sports for four and a half five hours every single day, and also driving across the bridge into D.C. I mean that was just torment. Do you think one day you'll try to get back into mainstream radio, or are you just over it? I don't know, man. Like, um, I mean, look, this I've never I don't get into the details because I sign documents and shit. But the shit that I got mm -hmm. fired for, dude, like if if that can get you fired, then no, because it was yeah. jokes I've made a million times on a million podcasts. And mm -hmm. I'm like, if we're living in a world right now, like I don't have, you know, fucking Legion of Skanks is following. They're like dirty comedians from New York, you know, like it's just a different paradigm. So. I don't know, man. I never say never, but the nice thing is doing this, like, I, it's so much fun. It's so nice, and I have my own space, and if I want to do an event, I do it, and if I don't, I don't, and I don't have to worry about sales getting involved. Or I remember one time I went to CK. I wanted Landfill to drink a 12-pack of 
Blackberry Canada Dry uh, on the show. And uh-huh. I was told I wasn't allowed to do it because it was too dangerous. And and his fault, you know what I mean? It was just run up to the lawyers and they told us to go fuck off. But it's like, if I can't, I mean, we're not locking girls in 50-gallon drums anymore. <laughs> like, used to happen back in the early yeah. 2000s. Like, if you can't do that, well, then... I guess I'll just sit here and talk about whether or not LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan and have my brain ooze out of my ear. Damn, yeah. I mean, it's just, they've taken, sometimes I think like, I mean, everything comes in like cycles. So like before you had the fun days of radio where, you know, anything goes and now it's like, you can't do anything. I wonder if those days where anything goes will ever come back. Well, I got to add five, 10 years from now. Yeah, but dude, is it, do you remember what it was like after the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake thing? And and we yeah, thought it was strangled and locked down then. And think about how, I mean, it's not just a little bit worse now. It, it's in, I mean, Troy Aikman is getting murdered right now everywhere because he said, let's take the dresses off the quarterbacks, which is just an expression. You know what I mean? There's just, who gives a shit? Jeez. And people want him fired. I don't know, dude. I, I keep, exp- I, I used that line probably for 10 years. And then it just kept getting worse and worse for people wanting to be edgy and funny. So, I don't know, dude. Your guess is as good Man, as mine. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, can I tell? Can I can I tell a story I remember about Please. you? Like it's a li- it's a little bit personal, so you could delete it from your podcast. If okay. You want to. Dude, it was like uh, two thousand. When did when did we move to Lanham? That was uh, shit, bro. I was interning. I remember because I was interning for the junkies, but I also was working on Ron and like, Fez. It was like two thousand. 2009 or 2010 no dude it was before that because we were in phoenix in 2006 so it had to be 2004 yeah 2004 2005 is right about when it had to be damn yeah wow it's crazy right? well right around right around that time i had a i had a little office and and you were like hey uh it was it was before you know I, at that time i don't know if it, everyone had like online banking on their phone or whatever but you're right. like hey I, I just need to uh check my bank account real quick, kind of jump on your computer. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So you, you, uh, jumped on, you, you used my computer and then I think you forgot to sign off. Sounds, or, that sounds like me. Or it froze or, or something. And then I, I, I got back on the, you know, and I was like assistant producer. I actually, I might've been the executive producer then. I don't remember. And I get back on the computer and then your bank account balance. Can I say what it was? Please. This was like, there were, you had like $88,000 in the bank. And this was like, <laughs> I was fucking, my jaw hit the fucking floor. Yeah. I think I might've had like 880. I could not believe how much money you had in a checking account. Like just a, well, I'm like, holy shit. I think I, I'll never, for, I'll never forget that. I thought it was like, 55. I, I thought it was 55,000. If it was that time frame. I think I could be wrong. You could be right. I could be wrong. Um, Dude, I, I think it was over 80, but that was, uh, <laughs> I'm like, wow, you, you, you made it. You did it. Well, I, awesome. I saved, um, I, I, trust me, I wouldn't, I was making $6 an hour working at HFS. Uh, and I was making, um, Dude, you paid your dues, hundred percent. Yeah, ten dollars an hour working at the UPS store. No, I saved. Um, I, I saved ten percent of everything I've made my entire life. Like every single dollar I've ever made, I put ten percent of it at least away. Um, yeah. So that's why, even when I'm broke, it's like I'm broke because I don't want to touch the savings. I um, 
And when I got fired, that's why everybody was saying, you're going to lose your pool. Fuck you. You're going to get repoed. And I'm like, well, nah, because I don't buy beach houses and I don't buy boats, you know, and I don't have any kids. Yeah, you live modestly. Yeah, exactly. So if I want to buy a pool, there's no payment on my pool. I pay for it, you know, and I think not. Ha- do you have? I'm sorry, but you, you don't have kids, do you? No, I do. I you do? do? Yeah. How many kids do you have? I, I have two, man. I have one that's five and then Holy one that's shit. seven months old. I feel like an asshole for not knowing that. Um, no, it's okay. Well, you're successful enough to do that. But one of the things I didn't do is everybody, I mean, the, the, the God bless the junkies, they'd never been fired, but they all started popping kids out the second they had some success. And I was just always so terrified of getting fired because I never wanted to be in, you know, an actor or whatever. I only to be in radio. And what I knew about radio is you got fired every, you know, eight or nine months and you had to move all over the country. So I was always just terrified of that. Dude, that was, I, I never, I've never told anyone that because I felt like it was super <laughs> personal. I didn't want to blow up your spot. You I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a bank account balance like that. At that time, I was like, wow. You didn't tell amazing. CK that? I was also, I was paying for my college too. I was still going to college back then, I think. Um, yeah. You didn't, uh, you didn't ever told CK or nobody that? I don't think I ever told anyone that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank so, you. I was just, yeah. No. So I'll just tell, tell it to your entire audience. There it is. Now they all know that back in 2004, yeah. I was G'd up for real. Well, dude, it's uh, it's great to talk to you. Um, I, uh, I I actually had plans to go down there with Oathman, and then um, if something happened with COVID or whatever, and he freaked out, and I was like, boy, it'd be weird if I just drive. It, well, let me just ask you. If I just drove down there by myself at some point, is that going to be weird? No. Come anytime. Anytime. All right, I'd like like Valdez has popped in. Uh, I mean, JP came solo a couple months ago. How do you explain? Anytime. How do you explain JP to people? Because it's so. I've had the biggest fights of my career against JP on and off the air, and he's also the one person that is one hundred percent always been in my corner and and done so many nice things for me. I can't even really. But he's he's the most frustrating human being I think that I've ever spoken to that I'm not related to. But he's also the most supportive. He's he's a very interesting guy to weird. try to explain to people. He's just very like uh, headstrong and stubborn, and uh, he'll sort of debate you on anything. But at the same time, if you called him right now after this podcast and you said, "Hey, you know, can you put in a good word for?" He would literally bend over backwards, making any call you wanted, emailing anybody, doing whatever he could to help you out. So he's just like a super like loyal yet will do anything for you. But then 10 minutes later, like argue with you for the next hour. I know it's a weird. There's really no one like him. Like most people are kind of like. A lot of people are like Cakes, who's like just the nicest guy in the world, like avoids any argument, like. Just a good dude who's just like easy to get along with. JP will like just sort of nitpick, argue with you, but then I just have your back and do anything for you. So it's a weird, yeah. I don't know. He is tough to explain, but he's you know he's he's a good good person, and you know there's no doubt I'll stay in touch with him for forever. Yeah. How weird? Um, on a scale, you met some weird dudes. Uh. Where does Drab T-shirt rank top ten for weird dudes you've met? Dude, I think Drab is hysterical. I do too. Like on the air, I do too. He is. He is. I I tell him this all the time. I wish he talked more on the junkies, right? Because he is so funny. Well, dude, we tra- uh, he was third mic on on Big O and Dukes. That's why I was always. I don't know that he likes it, Brett, because there was a couple times we were getting gig offers. And I'm like, hey man, you get an executive producer, get you a big bump, and you're on the mic all the time. And he didn't want it. Like he he likes that role that he has on that show. 
I tell I anytime I see him, I tell him he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I like to pick my spots. Like, um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a little weird, but like in a compelling way. You know what I mean? Like, not in like a look. I don't want to be around this dude. He's too. No, weird. no, not at like, all. More like this dude's hysterical yeah. and like just weird enough where like I don't know. You can be yourself and uh, have drinks with him. I don't know. He's I wish he'd talk more on the show. He's such a weirdo. I, 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 but he's the most. I would say, as far as just charisma, like drab draws everyone in. Like every single person wants to be around him. And if Oscar and I were doing something, or I was doing something, I, the one question: Where's drab? Is drab around? I would have people tell me if drab wasn't, he was out, like on vacation or something. They wouldn't listen to the show. Like he's just, he. I think he's an enigma, but he's also incredibly charismatic, and everybody like wants a piece of him, which is ironic now because I don't think he ever leaves the house because, you know, he decided to have two at a time. Dude, I know twins. <laughs> Can you do, you, do you listen to Do you listen to the podcast he does with Valdez? Or no, or? I can't. Uh, maybe one day. I love him. I, I plug it every time he comes on, but I can't listen mm-hmm. to anything on one hundred six seven related, unfortunately. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm gotcha. Not, haven't gotten there yet. Haven't <laughs> haven't gotten gotcha. to that point. But I, I've I've heard nothing but great things, and I guarantee he has more downloads than I do. All right, um, dude. How how about Don Geronimo being back on air? What What do you think about that? Uh, no, I no. I, yeah. Look, he was so vicious to me. Um, I, I have such a weird thing with him. I, I he doesn't even know. Like, I talked to him once on Facebook, uh-huh. and I tried to explain to him like everything. He has a completely different memory of him just fucking me over eight ways to Sunday when we were in Baltimore than I do. And I'm like, I wonder if the truth is somewhere in between. But he was just such a, and I'm sure he was for you and all of us that are around around the age. You're younger than I am, but. He was such a, he was an 800 pound gorilla in the marketplace. I mean, it was him and it was 30 miles, everybody else. And then it was everyone else. So he was such a huge inspiration for me and like an influence that um, it, it didn't really matter what he did. Like, I always wanted him to like me. Like, I always wanted him to. And then I remember he was on JFK again. He came on 106.7 The Fan. It was like doing an evenings thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he yeah, came on the, and he came on the show and I was interviewing Don. and It was fucking surreal. But him doing oldies mornings it's just you know i don't know it's not for me and i gotta say also man i don't know how you were but once ona came around um and they were as brutal and as over the top as they were like i my my passion for don and mike waned a little bit just because it felt like i was watching a pg-13 movie instead of an r-rated movie does that make sense yeah i totally agree i I, yeah i remember it was like 2000 like the summers of like 2001 and 2002 like i just couldn't get enough Opie and Anthony and Jim yeah. Morton. Yeah, me like, too. I, it, was, it was unlike anything I've ever heard. What do you think about um, those guys? I know – I get it with bands. Like, bands have to be in a touring together, and I don't know. It just feels different. But I am a fan of that show, and, like, the fact that those three nudniks cannot figure out a way – to do like a six city tour where they go and they do like a live podcast. I mean, think about all the murder podcasts and these shitty podcasts that tour everywhere, Brett, and they sell out yeah. arenas and shit. Like my, my wife went to go see some murder podcast at the Fillmore. It was 3,500 seats. And I'm like, well, ONA would sell that out in five, like do Philly, Cleveland, DC, New York, a couple other cities where they were big and pocket yourself six figures, then go your separate ways. I, I'm baffled. They can't figure out a way to do that. Dude, ego. I mean, it just shows you how powerful ego is because if they just put their egos aside, I mean, they could still 
in this era of podcasting and live shows and people will spend any amount of money for a ticket. People would spend $200 on a ticket. They'd probably spend $400 on a meet and greet, like endless amounts of money that they just leave on the table because some weird ego. And then, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm sort of hoping one day they, I would love for them to sort of, I don't know, at least put it aside so you can go on air and, yeah. you know, because, and especially now, like, I feel like nostalgia and like all that stuff sells. And I don't know, like, I know they could come into a show in Raleigh and sell it out. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I sort of hold out hope that those guys will at least get back together and be cordial and, put out some content maybe it's they don't need to also i mean you go up to robert plant you're like hey why don't you get back together with everybody in led zeppelin he's like yeah. well i've got more money than god but i they seem to all be doing well but i don't know that they have more money than than god um yeah i mean i can't tell is, is opie like you think he's got like two million in the bank or like i don't know man 2 million. i don't i don't i know that we had Robert Eatman as our agent um, for that, yeah. two or three years. It was, a, it was God rest his soul, but it was the worst experience. We were just paying for nothing. Um, and we heard, just heard, not from him, but just heard around like some of the numbers. They were, I think the run they were on where they were doing K-Rock and they were doing XM at the same time. I mean, if they weren't stacking millions every single year, um, I don't. But Anthony got a divorce. I mean, he lost half of his fucking money and then every time you heard norton speaking is like oh i'm scared to get a new apartment i i don't know dude i think we count people's money like we all just assume fred norris has been making 10 million dollars a year doing the howard stern show for the past 40 years i guarantee that's not the yeah. fucking case you know i guarantee we're overshooting that damn yeah it's it's weird i i i have no clue i don't even know where to where to begin with that where are you at with stern right now you know what i don't listen a ton um you know, I sort of listen to like old school clips, Me but too. I, uh, I just, I haven't listened. I haven't really listened in a while. I mean, between like, I'll listen to junkies and, uh, I'll, uh, you know, anytime there's something funny with your show and Othello and, or drab, I listen to that, but I just, you know, I'm just working 24 hours a day. So I don't, I just don't really listen. Do you think unfortunately. if Stern was the same Stern he was, let's just say 10 years ago, not even 20 years ago, you know, with the strippers and the throwing the baloney. Do you, do you think, I, I think Rogan and I think Rogan's great, but Rogan does three hour podcasts where he's talking to physicists. I mean, that's, that's not who was yeah. listening to Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern. Do you think Rogan would be as monstrous as, as he was? If talk radio still existed the way it used to, I, I don't think in a million years he would be. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Just because the level of content you're up against now is, I, I don't know. The, I feel like the content back then, I mean, it was just so good. And now it's just, I don't know. Most talk radio is just lame. So the bar is just kind of low. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the political stuff that Howard gets into doesn't really bother me because I don't really care about politics either way. But I just... Uh, I don't know. I just don't have the time to, to to sort of listen. I do listen to Joe Rogan, like if he's got like, uh, you know, like a good Derek MMA Lewis. guest or you, yeah, yeah, UFC guys. guest. But um, yeah, I mean, my instinct is, I don't know, it's just not many good, compelling, original shows right now. How crazy was it when Luke Thomas went on Joe Rogan? I fucking that was so wild to watch. 
Dude, Luke is so good. He's so big like, too now. I mean, he's just fucking monster. He's like, uh, it's Ariel Hawani and it's Luke Thomas. Like, those are the two biggest names in MMA journalism. I mean, they're they're like titans. It's uh, and I and do they have like a weird thing? I mean, uh, I think Luke's got a. I love Luke. You know that, but Luke uh, is. Yeah. He's a different type of cat, man, and he's got he's real political, and I don't know. It sounds like Luke has had several dust ups with several people over the years. But they're both so good. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I keep telling Othello, like, like Luke Thomas on, like, TikTok and Instagram. I mean, the, the sky's the limit for, like, what Luke wants to do. Because he's, he's awesome everywhere. Radio, Instagram, television. I mean, he's just so good. I and love he, listening to stuff. He's real knowledgeable, and he also is uh, self-deprecating. And I always think that's such a good quality, too. If you're willing to beat yourself up, um, I'm always going to find that more entertaining than if you put yourself over. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been great catching up, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, having me on. And, yeah, you of know, course. Pop. You know, pop in any time. Um, it'd be it'd be fun to have a drink and, and catch up. It's a lock. I'm gonna do that. I um, I my schedule is so weird now that I find myself with a lot of time with myself. So that's why I was saying I'm able to just slide by and have a crush. Uh, it's Brett Radio on Twitter. Go ahead and find him there, and of course, go to the uh, Subdogs Restaurant on Instagram. The GoFundMe is in the link. Uh, Brett's trying to do some. Good things there, which is not surprising. I'm really, really happy for you, man. Really proud of you. Really glad that you are where you are, and it looks like it's just unbelievably successful. So, yeah, let's stay in touch, and I'll figure out a way to get down there real soon. For sure, for sure. I appreciate it, man. There he is, Brett Oliverio, everybody, on The Chad Duke Show. On November 12th at Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, Virginia, The Chad Duke Show will be hosting the Son of a Santa Double Oaked Bourbon Release Party including a Thanksgiving dinner buffet, a live podcast, prizes, special guests, and much more. Save the date, everyone. November 12th at Flying Ace Farm. I got to say, I love memory lane when it comes to radio stuff. Selfishly, because I was there for a lot of it, because I worked at the same station with everybody. But it just I, I love all the memories, some of the things that I, I forget, some of the things that are still super funny to this day. It was a really good interview. Uh, it was great hearing Brett on the show. I haven't seen him in a few years, but I, I love that guy. The Soup Scoop with Joe Soup was a success. There's a lot of great feedback online for that. And Luigi Prima, man, that guy that guy was great. He's uh, he's found something special, and he is going to run with it. And I'm super excited to see where he's going to go with this. We do have a little something special for you tonight. Friday, Friday night, 7 p.m., facebook.com slash the chad duke show a very special live halloween edition of the fortress film society we're going to review the movie smile that's out in the movies now the gate from 1987 and just recently released on shutter is a film called Deadstream. so lottie dottie movie slick loud goat dukes and myself are all going to be in here giving our thoughts and concerns with all those movies again live tonight on facebook you can catch the video live it's going to be free for everyone and if you're spending some time online, check out Commonwealth Dry Goods. There's still some of those Halloween shirts that they just had printed. They still have some candles left for you. I don't know what you're waiting for. They're, they're going to sell out. So please get yours while you can. And as always, keep up with the show. ChadDukeShow.com. You can get there and check out all the episodes. You can get your subscription so you can have access to all the episodes. There are links to the socials on there if you want to check those out. Twitter, it's at ChadDukes. Instagram, it's at Chad Duke Show and Facebook.com slash the Chad Duke Show. 
you want that one handy because tonight, again, 7 p.m., a live version of the Fortress Film Society Halloween edition. Thank you guys so very much for everything, for listening to this show, for supporting everything. We love you very much. You guys, enjoy your weekend. If I don't see you tonight, and if the good Lord is willing, and the creeks don't rise, we'll see you back here on Monday. Roll out the...